I know how overwhelming it is trying to search for information on diabetes on the internet. Being told to eat healthier sounds so vague. Everywhere you look, there's conflicting information or people trying to sell you vitamins or supplements. It can feel really hard to figure out what to do, what's true and what's not. Look no further because we are here to present you the hard facts, specifically when it comes to diabetes. My name is Charmaine and I am the dietitian that helps people reverse type 2 diabetes. And my name is Galia. I'm a coach in the Reversing Diabetes program specializing in exercise. And today we're going to talk about macronutrients, sequencing and balancing our foods for better blood sugar. So to get started, let's talk a little bit about what exactly macronutrients are. So. Nutrients are essential compounds needed to sustain physiological processes. Nutrients can be broken down into two main categories, macronutrients and micronutrients. So starting with micronutrients, micronutrients are essential compounds needed in smaller amounts for biochemical processes. These include vitamins, minerals, and antioxidants. Macronutrients are essential compounds needed in larger amounts that play important roles in energy generation, structural molecule synthesis, hormone production, and metabolic pathway regulation. The three macronutrients are protein, carbohydrates, and lipids. All three are considered sources of energy, but each one has unique biochemical properties that have different effects on body composition and health. And let's break down what carbohydrates, protein, and fats are. Proteins, composed of various amino acids linked by peptide bonds, supply 4 calories per gram, but are less efficient than lipids or carbohydrates as an energy source. Their primary role is to provide amino acids, essential for various bodily functions such as mechanical support, enzyme synthesis, and immune response. Dietary protein ingestion enhances amino acid availability, stimulates protein synthesis, and regulates overall protein balance. Carbohydrates, also offering 4 calories of energy per gram, raise blood glucose levels, stimulate insulin secretion, and contribute to glucose storage as glycogen. And I want to say this, when I say raise blood glucose levels, it's not necessarily a bad thing because our body actually needs glucose, just for your information. And they play a vital role in gut health, immune function, and include fiber, promoting satiety and improving gastrointestinal function. Lipids, the most energy-dense macronutrients with 9 calories per gram, are crucial for hormone production, cellular structure, maintenance, energy storage, temperature regulation, and vitamin absorption. Fats can be categorized into triglycerides, phospholipids, sterols, that includes cholesterol, and fatty acids with saturated fats lacking double bonds, and unsaturated fatty acids are further classified into omega-3, omega-6, and omega-9 based on the position of the first double bond. Different lipid groups exhibit distinct physiological properties and health effects. So now that we know a little bit more about macronutrients, how can we strategically structure our meals, including carbohydrates, lipids, and protein, to improve postprandial glycemia? So in type 1 diabetes, fat reduces the early glucose response, essentially the first two to three hours after the meal and delays the peak blood glucose due to delayed gastric emptying. 
In type 1 diabetes, fat leads to a late post-meal hypoglycemia after a three-hour period. The same is true for protein in individuals with type 1 diabetes. Delayed hypoglycemia can be mitigated with adjusted insulin management strategies that take into account that delayed rise in blood glucose. So how does this compare for individuals with type 2 diabetes? In type 2 diabetes, protein consumption without carbohydrates has minimal impact on blood glucose levels. After ingesting 50 grams of protein, the glucose response stabilizes for two hours, causing only a modest increase in glucose disappearance. Consuming dietary fat and free fatty acids is recognized for its negative impact on insulin sensitivity and increased hepatic glucose production. While information on the influence of fat on gastric emptying and postprandial glycemia in individuals with type 2 diabetes is scarce, Gentle Cora found that consuming fat before carbohydrate meals slowed gastric emptying and mitigated postprandial increases in glucose and insulin. This indicates a similar finding as has been established in individuals with type 1 diabetes, whereby the addition of a small healthy amount of fat in each meal can be beneficial in reducing the glycemic variability seen in postprandial blood sugars. And it is important to note that the effects of protein and fats on postprandial glycemia have only recently been acknowledged in individuals with type 1 diabetes and thus is an area that is only beginning to be explored in individuals with type 2 diabetes. Now talking a little bit more about the glycemic index and its impact on postprandial glycemia. So high glycemic index meals lead to a rapid rise in blood glucose. Now, low glycemic index foods reduce glycemic peaks. Low glycemic index diets improve metabolic control in both type 1 and type 2 diabetes, lowering HbA1c levels by on average 0.4% in a meta-analysis of 12 studies involving 612 participants. It's important to note that consuming large amounts of low GI carbohydrate foods can still cause blood sugars to rise quickly. Just because a food is low in glycemic index doesn't necessarily mean it isn't going to exhibit any increases in your blood glucose levels. Dietary composition is not the sole determinant of postprandial blood glucose. The timing and order of meal components also play crucial roles. In individuals with type 2 diabetes, optimizing glycemic control involves the redistribution of carbohydrate consumption with increased intake during lunch and reduced intake during breakfast to mitigate the naturally higher levels of insulin resistance experienced by individuals in the early hours of the morning. Studies by Shukla et al. delved into the sequential consumption of carbohydrates, protein, and vegetables among individuals with type 2 diabetes. The research demonstrated that altering the order positively influenced postprandial glucose levels, consuming carbohydrates as the final component of the meal, as opposed to starting the meal with them, resulted in a 50% reduction in glucose peaks. Additionally, this approach was associated with a decreased insulin response and an elevated secretion of GLP-1, suggesting potential benefits for glycemic control. Furthermore, the order of the food consumption impacted ghrelin, the hunger hormone. Known for its roles in appetite and weight regulation, ghrelin is a hormone that is produced by the stomach to tell our brain that it's time to eat. When carbohydrates initiated the meal, postprandial ghrelin concentration was restored potentially negatively 
influencing feelings of satiety. Notably, this effect was not observed when the meal commenced with protein and vegetables. Initiating a meal with carbohydrates shortened the period of ghrelin suppression, potentially leading to a shortened sense of satiety, accelerated subsequent meals, and consequently contributing to weight gain. To conclude, carbohydrates, protein, and fat are macronutrients that make up a normal diet. Protein and fat when consumed alongside carbohydrates in individuals with type 1 diabetes have been shown to result in delayed hyperglycemia, reducing glycemic variability when accounted for. And the proposed mechanism of this delayed hyperglycemia is through slowing down gastric emptying a key determining factor in postprandial blood glucose. The effects of protein and fat alongside carbohydrates in individuals with type 2 diabetes is less established. It is suspected that a similar mechanism may be at play. What we do know for sure is that focusing on low glycemic carbohydrates that are rich in fiber and eating foods in a specific order, first non-starchy vegetables, uh, protein, and then fats, and lastly starches, is an effective way to improve postprandial glycemia, satiety, and therefore glycemic control. If you like what you heard in this episode and can spare 60 seconds to give us a great review so that the podcast can reach more people, we'd really appreciate it as it can help us change many more lives.